Let's open up in a word of prayer. Father, I want to thank you for each one here today. I want to thank you for the kids, Father. They had a great time during vacation Bible school, and that's not just because I'm saying it. As you know, the kids, every time we asked them, they were just overflowing with joy and, and excitement and, and confirming and affirming that, that they had a great time. And So I praise you for that. I praise you for the work that you've done this last week in vacation Bible school. Father, for those seven that made a profession of faith, in Jesus, Father, as we talked to them and counseled with them individually to make sure they understood what it meant to receive Christ and if they truly were ready and wanted to, um, I, I just thank you for each one that made those decisions. But the joy, Father, of seeing them lift their heads after praying to receive Jesus in their heart was so exciting to see them excited and happy and smiling. And Father, you know that I told them, uh, that just because they received Christ as their Savior just now, that the, heaven, that the angels in heaven were rejoicing over them. And you could see their faces light up. And so thank you so much, Father, for your many blessings to us. Help us to honor you as our Heavenly Father, not just here today, but, Father, in our daily walk with you. May you be honored and glorified through our lives. In Jesus' name, amen the title of the message today is a command to fathers and we may have looked at that command before in scripture but it's a good reminder and we're trying to look at that with a little bit of application as well so as I've already said last week we enjoyed teaching and and encouraging children and youth in our community at vacation Bible school and it was fun seeing kids come together from the community having about what 79 kids registered coming in, fellowshipping together, having fun together, playing together, etc., is, is a blessing. But it was also a blessing to see the parents. Parents were coming, they were talking. And I'll tell you, when I stood out the door and they were leaving the door, I had so many kids just walk up and give me a hug and say thank you. I had one kid the first night goes, his mother's arm was around around her, her mother's arm was around her. She's walking by and she goes, taps her mouth and she goes, he's nice. <laughs> so <laughs> I said, I'm glad. <laughs> okay. So, um, uh, well, yeah, that, that's the whole picture, of course. So, um, but anyways, uh, but they would, they just were so appreciative and the parents were just saying, thank you. Thank you so much for what you're doing for this week. And so that thank you goes to our church and to, to every worker during that week as well. And so praise God, praise God for that. I had one young lady walk up to me and said, I just want to thank you, Pastor, for introducing me to Jesus. And she gave me a hug. And so that was just a praise, wasn't it? It's, it's a, rich, a rich, rich blessing. And that's ultimately why we're here, to encourage kids that know the Lord and to help kids come to know the Lord. And hopefully, uh, we even had people responding on, uh, on Facebook, right? Some of the parents and stuff were clicking like and, and, and were engaging in our, in our church page. And so that's nice. I hope some of them were considered coming to church uh, because we want them to come to know the Lord or grow in the Lord or, or be encouraged in their faith as well. And so it was a blessing to see so many kids and doing so many things in the different centers and and all the different positions that people served in. As men, it was really an extra blessing. I remember years ago, Claudia was saying that she had mentioned that we don't realize the importance of men being, in, uh, being a witness to children. Even when I would go to the school, I'd go to best class and 
try to demonstrate some of the harp or, or the guitar and stuff like that and, or artwork with the kids. And, and Beth would remind me that a man's presence in children's lives is so, so powerful because there's so many families that don't have men in their lives. So my point is, is that you as men were out here serving, but that service may not have sent, seemed like much Sure, it was taxing, it was all week after work, etc. But your presence was valued. Your presence, that unspoken presence of men who love Jesus that aren't afraid to associate with that reality before children is strong and impacting on their lives. And so that's where the message is leading to is that I mentioned that there's a command to fathers from God in the scripture because fathers are key to impacting children, as well as their mothers, of course, but fathers specifically so. So let's look at Psalm 78, one through eight. It says, give ear, O my people, to my law, incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known and our fathers have told us, we will not hide them from their children, telling to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he has done. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them, the children who would be born, that they may arise and declare them to their children that they may set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments, and may not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that did not set its heart aright and whose spirit was not faithful to God. Let me give you an example of this. Years ago, because I've gotten older, I can say years ago, ago when I was young in my early 20s and we were going door knocking door to door wanting to share the gospel of Christ and if we asked the question if they were going to church anywhere many times if they didn't they knew that they should have been they would one guy I remember just dropped his head no I know I should be there was a culture that said church is a part of American culture going to church being family being united was a norm but that obviously has changed, has it not? It's not a norm anymore. We were watching a game show yesterday or the day before um, in our downtime. I think it had to be yesterday because it wasn't Friday. So um, we, were, we were watching this game show. It says, uh, Our Father in heaven, blank be thy name. And they were supposed to fill in the blank. Our Father in heaven, blank be thy name. They all just went blank. And finally, one, a Jewish lady that she's known to be, she's a Jewish lady, we know, an actress, and she said, holy or hallowed be thy name. And so the point is, is that what we in our minds, especially maybe as an older generation, understand the generation that's before us is void of that. They don't see the importance of church. They see it, if anything, as part of a buffet of choice but not a necessity of church. They, they don't know the scripture. They don't know the Bible stories. They don't know the values of God. Why? Because it wasn't passed down to them. 
And that's why it's so important that we as fathers pass down the values of God, the truths of his word, that we are, are teaching our children, teach our grandchildren these things. And, and, and it can come in any form, but it's important to pass down the importance of it. I know with our grandchildren that I'm surprised with how much they know because I don't realize how much they see or hear. But our lifestyle and our commitment and our conversations should reflect Jesus Christ in everything. We don't always reflect Jesus Christ in everything, right? But we do know that it should be the majority part of our character in life. So God commanded the fathers to teach the children stories about God so they would put their confidence in God. And so you look at circumstances that you're in. Maybe, maybe you're going fishing with your grandchildren. Or you might be on a boat, you might be on the shore. But you can bring up Peter walking on the water. I mean, the Holy Spirit can, can introduce to us things that trigger our mind due to the circumstances around us that we can point our children and grandchildren to God. And as we do that, it, it teaches them the value of God, the power of God, the wonder of God, the joy of God, and so much more. And so telling stories about God from the Bible, from his work in our lives, helps us to keep a child's eyes on the prize. Right? The prize is Jesus Christ. The prize is new life in Jesus. The prize is having the priorities that God would instill in the hearts of his people. Stories of God, his strength, his character, and his works reminds children to make good choices so they don't sink into disobedience and apathy. We don't see the church in our culture today as much as it was 50 years ago. We don't see kids being taught the scriptures or Bible stories or respect for God or the need for God. And we see it in our culture today, don't we? We see the negative reactions to that because the light of God being hidden in the world will have a negative effect on the world that we live in, the culture we live in, the, the country we live in, the family we live in. So if we live with Christ, be the light, share the truth, share Jesus, make him real to them by your testimony, by your experiences, make them real. Just like I was sharing with you, you know, just relying on the arms of Jesus is not just a fancy or sweet little term, but you can really emotionally and spiritually lean back in, in a commitment to God and say, Lord, I'm relying on you, and you can feel God just carry you. And we are to do that. We are to hold on to him that way. We're also to be honest in telling truth, truth, truthful history about our ancestors, what they've done with their walks with the Lord, what we've done in our walk, because those things will help children to make the same, help children not make the same mistakes. Here's what I'm trying to say. We know our shortcomings, we know our character shortcomings, we know our past, we know where we've blown it royally, we know where we've messed up, but we also know what the Lord has done for us in spite of those things. 
We know God's love for us. We know God's intervention. We know God's patience. We know his forgiveness. We know his peace. We know his joy. We know his patience. We know he's long-suffering. We know that he loves us no matter what, even through all of it. And as our children and grandchildren grow up, God might stir our heart to say, because of the circumstance that's around them or around them in culture, for us to say, look, you're old enough now, I can tell you this. I'm going to tell you where I was and what happened in my life to help you understand that I made the wrong choice and it messed things up and I want you to know that that's the wrong way to go. It doesn't mean that we unload everything. It just means that as God uses us to, to take our past, good and bad, to present truth to our children, it'll help them to know the rights and wrongs. And the honest, humble heart of our, of our heart will be sensed and known as authentic to our children. And they value that honesty and transparency as God leads us. But I want to emphasize as God leads us to share those things. And so as fathers, we need to be honest when appropriate about our personal history and choices with our kids to teach them not to make bad choices. Right? When I say, hey, I lived this way for a long time, and then I came to know the Lord. Or I lived this way and experienced these things, the Lord never left me. I knew it. But you just take those times and those those opportunities to reveal those truths to your children and grandchildren. As fathers, we can't leave all the Bible teaching up to Bible storytelling times, <laughs> right? That maybe they're, they're, uh, they're hearing from their moms or their Sunday school teachers or, or anything like that. Um, it's really, really even much more powerful as a, if, as a father if we're willing to tell those stories to our children. There's something about the authority of a father, the father figure that is so eroded today, that has such a strong impact on children. And when we as men, and the strength that we have, and the character that we have in Christ, are humble enough to be gentle and, 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 and to uh, be vulnerable, if you will, with our children and share the stories of God or the stories that God has done in our life, they're going to remember, my dad told me this because it's dad. And it does make an impact. I'm not saying that moms don't because we all know they do, right? And so that means as dads, we need to be in the word and know it well so we can share it with our kids. I mean, the challenge really shouldn't be presented because all of us know as Christian men we need to be in the Word. <laughs> we need to read God's Word and, and feed on His Word and take in God's Word at any level on a regular basis so we know the Word so we can apply it to our life because if we apply the truth of God's life to our life as men, then we're going to be living out God's Word and the impact's going to be on our children and others and our spouses it impacts a lot of people around us when they see us actually living out our faith in Jesus Christ. And so it's not just a, oh yeah, I know I need to read my Bible, I need to study more. No, it's, it's the implementation of God's word as men of God because we love God, that we live out God in our life that others will be, not only see it, but will be 
impacted by it. As I mentioned, and you may have seen it on the news, uh, the reflection of, of, of homes without fathers. For years we've heard that, haven't we? That the detriment to the home without fathers. Now there may be some that don't have fathers because the father passed away or they, they died at war or, or whatever circumstance, but, but the absence of a father by choice from the family is a, has a tremendous negative effect on families. Have you ever thought, well, why is that, that, why is that so impactful? Because it's the way God structured it. It's God made men to be men, godly men, that are the head of their home, not as tyrants, but as godly men. And that we are that type of a man that impacts our home. And so we have so many in our culture that don't even have fathers let alone Christian fathers. And it's very sad. It's very sad. We even have in our culture today where Satan in this world of darkness is doing his best to convince boys not to be men. They're teaching the emotional, not that you can't be emotional, nothing wrong with a man crying, nothing wrong with a man showing emotions, but when, but, but when the boy grows up that where he can't be strong as a man, and confident as a leader and be the real, a real honest core man, then there's a problem. Because when boys are uh, uh, emasculated or, or when they're, they're uh, feminized, when they're toned down, they step back from the, the, the reason why God made them as to be men and to be fathers and husbands that have the character that God wants, a strength and a security, a wisdom, an insight, a boldness, a protector, a leader. All these things are attributes of a godly man. And we're called to be that as men because there are fewer and fewer of them in our culture today. Because Satan wants to break down the structure of the home. You know that. I know that. Joshua gave the people of God this command in Joshua 1.8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Replace the you with your name and my name. In other words, this is what God is telling you and I to do. To, to meditate on it day and night. That doesn't mean that we're oblivious to everything around us because we're meditating. It means that we're chewing the cut of the scripture. We're, we're just masticating the word, if you will. We're, we're taking it in and we're chewing it over and over and over and over as we go through the day. God will impress and imprint on our heart and our minds the truth of his word if we're willing to just think on it and ponder it and dissect it through the day and trust the Holy Spirit to teach us. Each of us, men and women, should be talking about and thinking on God's word day and night, right? How do you apply God's word? Well, you might say, well, I go to church. I listen to teaching, I listen to preaching, I read my Bible. 
But here's a challenge to you. Apply God's word in your prayer life. Say, God, you said this. I'm praying about this, and the scripture comes to mind and says, you've promised I can cast my cares upon you. You know, you've promised that you're my strength and my power. Whatever the case is, pull up the scripture in your prayer time. How about pulling up, your, pulling up scripture in just your conversation? Oh, now you're, now you're getting scary. But you can be in conversation, and you can simply slide it in. <laughs> well, you know, God said this. I rely on what God said, and this scripture says this. And leave it at that. Plug it in. Make it an integral part of your life that is seen in every area that you live. Those are the challenges. Because our children and our wives and our families will see those truths being uh, coming forth from our heart. And it will have strong impact. We all, we all have to be honest with ourselves, right, about how much we allow ourselves to introduce God to our children and those around us. God and his word, it's a, it's a challenge. Are we talking about God's word with others throughout the day? Are we thinking about God's word throughout the day and night? You say, I don't wake up to think about God's word. Well, when you wake up, try it. <laughs> right? Right? We have to, listen, we have to intentionally train ourselves to apply these principles. I'm going to intentionally seek to bring up scripture in my prayer life and see what difference it makes. Because when we rely on the power of God in our prayer life, what happens is that we have a greater confidence and boldness in what's being prayed. I'm relying on what you said in your word. And it fortifies our faith. It's so important for us to remember that. As fathers, if we want to influence our children in the best way possible, we need to do more than just know the word of God. We need to teach it to them. You might say, well, my dad knows the Bible front and back. I had a I know a guy, maybe some of you know this guy at church, but I won't mention his name. He's not here anymore. But he used to testify that my dad knew the Bible front to back. My dad even went to, got a theology degree, but he was lost. And that was a testimony of this brother in Christ. You see, it's not just knowing the word. It's not just saying, well, I know, the, I know the Bible. Well, I can go to this scripture, that scripture, that scripture, and that scripture. What's the difference? The difference in knowing Christ, the word becomes alive, and the, and the spiritual insight becomes revealed. And we don't just have the, the history and the contextual aspect of the scriptures, but we know the impact and, the, and the, the, the great importance and depth of God's word. And then as we live it and apply it, it comes out clearly. So as fathers... We want to let the word of God guide our own steps so we live for God in front of the children in and around our lives. Some of you men may say, well, I don't have children. But here's the thing. We can be, children, we can be fathers to the, to the fatherless. Do you get that? There are children that don't have fathers at home. There are children that need a father in their life. 
And I'm not saying that you necessarily have to step in and be that authority, but, but you, can be the, you can be a man in their life that impacts them for Christ. God is a father to the fatherless. And we can be a father to the fatherless as well by representing him and caring about kids. In Psalm 119, 105, it says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. We want to make sure we, we walk on a, on a lit path, that we are on the path that God wants us to be on. How we as men and women, dads and moms, handle the word is vital to our lives. You take life and you look at it and with your kids around you, you start showing them the difference between the world's principles, priorities, um, world values and all of that and God's world value, values and principles. You understand what I'm saying? When we're watching TV, when the kids come home with homework, whatever the case is, make sure we know what they're watching, know what they're doing, and then if there's things that aren't right, as God leads, you point it out. Doesn't mean you have to ruin the whole movie because you're talking all through it, but you can point out the things that God tells you, look, you need to remind your kids about that. And it can be just a two-second comment. And so we have that opportunity to help our kids to have a path that's lit by the truth of God and his word being presented by dads and moms before them. In 2 Timothy 2.15, be diligent to present yourselves approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. It used to confuse me what rightly dividing the word of truth meant. It's exactly what I was just saying. It's knowing the difference between what God says is right and what the world says is wrong. If the world says it's right and God says it's wrong, then we divide that. We say God says this is the way it is and this is what the world says. It's learning, but we can't do that if we don't know the word. We can't do it if we're not exposed to it, listening to it, applying it. But we can if we are. And by doing that, we can make those stands very cut and dry to our kids. In love, helping them to see right. Gregory told me and Kathy, after the military and being married and all that, he, he, he said, thank you for standing up and telling me things I needed to hear even when I didn't want to hear them. And, I mean, isn't that what we want to hear as parents? <laughs> thank you for the insights that you've given us. So as fathers, knowing and living out God's word in front of our children is one way we gain approval or honor from God. And as fathers, if we want our kids to grow up and live holy and pure lives, we need to help them embed God's word in their hearts. Now, when I say pure lives, I don't mean perfect lives, because none of us are perfect. But we are made righteous in Christ Jesus, and we are given the ability through Christ to stand on those things that are holy and good, pure. Righteous in Christ Jesus, he's cleansed us from all our sins, past, present, and future. Scripture says that literally, that's why he refers to believers in Christ as saints, because we're made clean through faith in Christ, not of ourselves. But if we teach our children the values of walking with God, and applying his word and his truth in their life, then they're gonna start holding on to those things that are right and righteous and pure, more than not. And that's the objective as of being a parent 
and in particular a dad. Psalm 119.9, how can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. So how can we help our kids be on the right way if they don't have the word and the truth presented to them that they can take heed to or pay attention to and apply to their own lives? So that's what was great about Vacation Bible School and Sunday School. Kids were encouraged to memorize, memorize scripture. Debbie's class was scripture, scripture, scripture. And kids, praise God that kids, when they're little, their minds can absorb more than ours. <laughs> Isn't that true? It's like, wow, you remember that? And you're what, this big? Wow. And it's a challenge for us. But planting the scripture on their heart is so important. And as fathers, we can't let that end with Vacation Bible School, obviously. Amen. We can't just say, well, we, we check it off, you know. We sent them to, I, somebody I was talking to a while back said, you know, I dropped my kids off at church. We've seen it all through the years. It's almost like they're doing their spiritual responsibility, drop them off. Well, the spiritual responsibility is you're living it out. Right? Amen? You understand? It's not the parents' responsibility. It's, it's great to go to church, but it's not, that's not taking, not the parents saying, okay, check, I've taken care of the spiritual needs. It's, it's the parents saying, that's part of it, but now let's talk about what you learn and, and, and living out that life for them. That's the, the responsibility of a Christian parent. So as fathers, we need to be the example and go home and memorize scripture to ourselves and help our children do the same. Now here's a real way that you'll remember to memorize scripture. Have someone write the scripture on your forehead and every time you look in your rearview mirror, you'll see it. Only if they write it backwards. Oh, that's true. That's true. No, but use post-its or whatever method you know, there are all sorts of memorization skills on your phone or, or habits that you might develop that work for you. But look for that. And last but not least, fathers need to pray for their children. Be men of prayer. Be men of prayer. Several examples of this is Abraham prayed for Ishmael. David prayed for his, his son by Bathsheba that, that died. David prayed, pardon me, for his son Solomon. And as fathers, we need to pray diligently for our children because the enemy, the devil, is seeking to devour them. Here's the thing that we, mis we find a mistake. We pray more when our kids are in trouble for them. We pray more for our kids when they're in trouble than when they're not. But the devil is always around like a roaring lion waiting to prey on and pounce on our children. And if there's ever a time, it's today. I'm thankful for the, the Christian influence that you have on your children today because tomorrow is frightening but in Christ Jesus we don't have to be afraid fear will take away confidence in God so build our children with confidence in God to know how to handle the challenges in front of them and to stand as people that love Jesus 1 Peter 5 8 says be sober be vigilant, 
because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And so we know that's true. And it's happening constantly in society, bombarding from every direction, because we feel it too. How much more do our kids that may not even be able to process it properly? They're being taught evil things, and evil things are being done to them. We need to pray more than ever for them. Dads, in particular, moms, pray for your children steadfastly. And so fathers and mothers and our spiritual parents, right, need to be diligent in teaching about God's word, telling his stories, memorizing his word, and praying for our kids. So you pray for your own children, you pray for your grandchildren, which are your children too, and you pray for the kids that God brings into your life. And to be those godly men that will make a godly impact on the children that you have and that are around you. Amen? Let's go to the Lord. Oh, wait. This world needs our kids to be strong for God. Amen? And our kids need to be strong to survive in this wicked world. Let's help them to be strong. Amen. Let's go to the Lord. Father, I want to thank you for each one here. I want to thank you for the truth of your word. I want to thank you for loving us. I want to thank you for being our heavenly father, for being personal and real to us and help us to grow more and more and more and more in love with you, to know you better, to uh, understand your ways better, to have wisdom that comes from God on your throne, from you on your, your throne, rather than the wisdom of the world, which is foolishness. Help us to be your people. Help us to be men of God. Help us to encourage our children, our grandchildren, and the next generation of, of children, but in particular young men, to be men and to be men of God that will love you. And I ask, Father, please, that we will see you work through us and work through us in such a way that we will see the positive impact that you are having our children through our lives, through our testimony, through our efforts. So, Father, um, thank you for every father that's here. Thank you, Father, for um, parents that have endured the challenge of raising children and have loved them and stood with them and stayed with them regardless. Thank you, Father, for those that have planted the seed of your word and the truth of your word and your love into their hearts. And thank you, Father, for those that have lived out a true walk with you. May you be glorified more and more and more by it. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.